This is Dr. Karen Wilson-Starks, and welcome to my podcast series, The Voice of Leadership. Today, I'm talking about Garrett Augustus Morgan Sr., who was an African-American inventor way back in the day because he was born on the 4th of March in 1877, and he died on the 27th of July in 1963. He was born in Claysville, Harrison County, which is near Paris, Kentucky, and he died in Cleveland. His mother was both Native American and African American, and her name was Elizabeth Reed. His father, Sidney Reed, had been enslaved, but he was freed in 1863. His father had been the son of an enslaved woman and also a white Confederate colonel. So with this background, we know that Garrett went on to make a number of inventions. He's particularly well-known for a version of the traffic light that he came up with that's very similar to the traffic light that we still use today. He's also very well-known for a breathing device, a kind of an early gas mask, and also for some hair care products. And we'll talk a little bit about each of those inventions along the way. What I really like about his story is that most of what he created and invented came from his careful observations about what was going on in the world around him. And as he observed the world, he would discover what else was needed, what could add value. And then he would create that or he would invent that next new product. His schooling was very limited. He had an early elementary school education. However, later in his life, as he continued to work and to learn, he paid for a tutor to teach him more. And therefore, he had additional lessons and he learned. Some of the earlier jobs that he had when he moved to Cincinnati, he was working in a factory that made sewing machines. And this was quite interesting because he got very fascinated with how machines worked and also how you could fix them. And so one of his first patents was really about how to improve the sewing machine. And so he actually developed an improved sewing machine and got a patent for that in 1912. Eventually, he opened up his own repair business in about 1907, where he was repairing the sewing machines of other people. Earlier in his life, he had a brief marriage from about 1896 to 1898 that did not produce any children. And later, he got married in 1907 to a Bavarian woman whose name was Mary Ann Hasek. Now, it turns out that this wife of his, Mary Ann, she was a seamstress. So he was running a tailoring shop where he had sewing machines, where his wife knew how to do the sewing. While they were doing this tailoring business, one of the challenges that emerged is that sometimes wool fabric would get burned by the needle on the sewing machine because the needle was moving so fast that it would often burn the wool. 
And he was looking for a solution to this. And so as he was looking for a solution to this, he came up with this chemical that he was using on the needle so that when it would hit the fabric, it wouldn't actually burn the fabric. By accident, he actually discovered that this chemical could also be used to straighten out things. Because what he noticed is that it actually straightened the woolen fibers in the wool material. So he tested it on a dog to see what it would do to dog hair. It straightened out the dog's hair. And so from there, he discovered a product that was a hair care product that he could use with people and on humans. And so he ended up with a company called the G.A. Morgan Hair Refining Company. This ended up being a very successful business for him. And that was in about 1913. Now, along the way, he also, in 1914, he applied for a patent for this breathing device that he came up with. And this was this early version of a gas mask. You could put this breathing device on, and if you went into a smoke-filled room or around fire and things of that sort, it could actually keep you alive. So he was marketing it to firemen and other people in industries where they could use such a device. Now, the challenge that he ran into is that he could sell the device pretty well in certain northern areas. However, in the South, people wouldn't buy it because of the fact that he was Black. He ended up being very creative. And so what he did is he hired a white man to actually pose and pretend that he was the inventor. And then he created an alias for himself as a Native American chief. And he would be the one to go into this smoke-filled teepee with all of these really noxious fumes that he would create in the teepee. And then he would put on the breathing device, go in for 20 minutes, and prove that the device worked. With this ingenious approach, he actually continued to sell those devices in the North and also in the South. However, in 1916 in Cleveland, an interesting phenomenon occurred. Cleveland was drilling a tunnel under Lake Erie. They inadvertently ran into a natural gas line. It caused a huge explosion underwater in this tunnel, and a lot of people's lives were about to be lost. Someone woke Garrett up in the middle of the night and let him know what was going on. He grabbed his brother, didn't even have time to change out of his pajamas, but he took some of his breathing machines, ran down there. He and his brother, they entered into this tunnel and they rescued a couple of people as a result. And because he had on the breathing machine, he was able to even rescue some of those who had been deceased in the tunnel as well. So he saved some lives as a result of this. And because of it, there were news stories about it. And because of the news stories, people then discovered that he was a Black man. And that started to really hurt his sales once that happened. He was nominated for Carnegie Medal, but he didn't get that because there were some false reports made that said some other individuals, not he and his brother, two Black men, had done the rescues. And what you have to understand is that Back in those days and in those times, a lot of the achievements 
that were achieved by Black people were not acknowledged as the achievements of Black people. And in fact, some people stole credit for things that they really didn't do. And it would take years very often to undo this harm and this information. Because of his success and his business success with the breathing machine, with his hair care business, and with the sewing machines and other inventions that he had, he had enough money to be the first Black man in Cleveland to own a car. One day he was driving down the street and he saw this horrific accident. When he saw the accident, he realized that the traffic light probably needed to be changed. At that time, there was a two-station kind of a traffic light where you had a red light and you had a green light. And he felt there needed to be more of a warning light also included. And so he developed this traffic light that had the red, the yellow, and the green. And it was the precursor to the lights that are used in the United States, Britain, and also in Canada. He later sold the patent that he had for that traffic light to General Electric, and he sold that patent for $40,000. He ended up being a good businessman in that sense and being quite creative. He was always inventing and creating something new and something else. During his lifetime, he was a member of the NAACP, the Cleveland Association of Colored Men, and he donated a lot to Negro colleges, and he also opened a black country club, and that was very unique and unusual. And in 1920, he launched an African-American newspaper that was called the Cleveland Call and Post at one point. He was really hoping to live long enough to get to the time of celebration of the centennial of the Emancipation Proclamation. As it turns out, he died one month before the centennial was celebrated. And at the time of his death, he was mostly blind by then because he had contracted, he had come down with glaucoma in about 1943 and lost most of his sight. But before his death, he was honored by the U.S. government for his traffic signal invention. Later on, he was restored as a hero for the rescues that he did at Lake Erie with his gas mask breathing machine. By so many of his inventions, he saved countless lives of firefighters and other people. And his gas mask was actually an early prototype to the gas mask that ended up ultimately being developed in World War I. So many of his inventions, they were blueprints for later advancements and other work that was done. A number of institutions have been named for him, including a Cleveland School of Science and also a water treatment plant was named for him as well. So as we think about Garrett Morgan, this wonderful inventor, I want you to think about ways that you can make your life count while you are here. What can you pay attention to just in your everyday life, whether it's driving down the street, looking at how people are operating, and figuring out how can I make this better in business for someone else? I want to close with today's biblical word of wisdom, which comes from Ecclesiastes 9 and 10, and it reminds us that we have a limited opportunity in which to make that contribution. So whatever your hand 
finds to do, do it with your might. For there is no work or device or knowledge or wisdom in the grave where you are going. As an executive business leader, you have many difficult decisions to make every single day. And it's important to think about how do you develop your people? How do you launch and develop high-performance teams? And how do you create a culture that wins every time? If you would like to take a look at your organization and to talk about the wisdom and guidance that would propel you to create a best place to work and also competitive advantage, then I invite you to apply for a consultation to work with me. Go to my website, www.transleadership.com, go to the services page, and under organizational consultation, you will see a tab that says, contact us. That's where you request a consultation. So if you are an executive business leader in a medium to large size company, then I look forward to receiving your application and having a conversation with you. You've been listening to The Voice of Leadership with me, Dr. Karen Wilson-Starks. And I want to give a special thanks to jazz saxophonist Ron McMillan for granting us permission to use his gifted music on our show. Thanks for listening. And remember to go to my website, transleadership.com, for more strategies, insights, and leadership resources.